With great mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo 5 Mojo 5 We will make America great again. Sam Sorbo. Welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. I'm your host, Sam Sorbo, here on Mojo50.com. And also wherever podcasts are hosted, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, um, be sure to tune other people in to this podcast. I'm trying to grow my reach, guys, and I can't do it without your help. Seriously, I can't do it without your help. Like, no truer words were ever spoken. All right, so we're going to talk today about Twitter flagging yet another Trump tweet, the socialist and commie plan to defeat Trump in the elections, which is really coming to quite a, quite a head lately. And also the Jonestowning of America. I didn't get to this the other day, and I, I really want to get to it with you guys. But first, let's talk just briefly. Let's talk about Bubba Wallace, okay? Because um, he's just, he's out there slamming people, skeptics, people he calls simple-minded, of um, the noose incident. Have you heard about the noose incident? Now, Bubba came in, I think, 14th in his last race. So uh, that's pretty good, but it's not like Colin Kaepernick good. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I'm a little snarky today. I get in my my snarky mood. Mood, sorry. (laughs) That was a weird slip. Okay. NASCAR's Bubba Wallace slammed those people who are skeptical of the claim that he was the victim of a racist hate crime after an apparent noose was found hanging from his garage by his team on Sunday. And so Sonny Hostin, who co-hosted The View, he of course appeared on The View. What would you say to those people who are doubting that this ever happened or that it's true? Now, to be to be clear, at the time of Hostin's questions, the FBI findings were, were were not released. And they hadn't even shown a photo of the alleged noose. Uh, but Bubba replied that it offended him, that people would go to those measures. And he said, I'm not shocked. Because, you know, institutional racism, which he is evidence against, he himself personally is evidence against institutional racism. I'm just saying. He said people are entitled to their own opinion to make them feel good or whatever, reminding us of the, the there are folks who cling to their Bibles and their guns, right? Such disdain. He said it's simple-minded people like that, the ones that are afraid of change, they use everything in their power to defend what they stand up for instead of trying. Here's, here's what I'll say. If there were institutional racism, he, one, wouldn't be where he was, and two, the noose incident would be rampant. There would be nooses everywhere. The, the fact that this is a single incident is actually proof that it isn't institutionalized. But before we go any further, I want to I want to play you what he said on Don Lemon's show. Listen to this. I've uh, 
I've been racing all my life. I've, we've, we've raced out of hundreds of garages that uh, never had garage pools like that. So people that want to call it a garage pool and put out old videos and photos of, of, of knots being um, in, uh, in, in, in their, as their evidence, go ahead. But from the evidence that we have um, and that I have, uh, it's a straight up noose. The FBI has stated it was a noose over and over again. NASCAR leadership has stated that it was a noose. I can confirm that. I actually got evidence of what was hanging in my garage over my car around my picker guys to confirm that it was a noose and never seen anything like it. He's never seen a noose. How does he know it's a noose? (laughs) I'm sorry. It's a pole for a garage door. You know, to be fair, the FBI had not concluded their investigation. Once it did conclude its investigation at the Talladega Super Speedway, it determined that Bubba Wallace was not the target of a hate crime. The FBI report concludes... This is according to a statement from NASCAR and photographic evidence confirms that the garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose had been positioned there since as early as last fall. Obviously, this was well before the 43 teams arrival and garage assignment. Now, maybe somebody assigned him that garage because they knew that there was a noose pole in the garage. Is a noose always a noose? Or is it just a nuisance? Here's the thing. Maybe somebody was smart enough to make it. Oh, you know what? You know what I would like to know? Because here's the thing. There is a difference between a loop and a noose. So a noose can tighten, but a loop doesn't tighten. Right, so a noose is a special kind of knot that has um, that has the the extra end, and the extra end can actually pull through the noose and actually, in a sense, release the noose because it'll pull all the way through if there's nothing inside the noose to block it from doing that. But this pull, I would venture, won't do that because it's probably double knotted. Mark Dice tweeted, what a complete phony. Dylan tweeted, Bubba is going to be nothing but trouble for NASCAR. He's a hothead who's already losing sponsors, making them their new hero. Making him their new hero was a huge mistake. Mind you, again, he came in 14th. I don't know why they're making him a big deal. And they are. You know, they're following him around and they're showing, oh, look how he he, uh, loves his, his fans and stuff. Interesting. NASCAR said, together our sport has made a commitment to driving real change and championing championing a community that's accepting and welcoming of everyone. Except people who dislike nooses. No, uh, sorry. People who like nooses are, un, are unacceptable. Interesting, right? You know what? I'm in a crappy mood. Not really, but sort of because... Uh, my county just voted yesterday against a lot of uproar in in the hall, actually. There was a lot of dissent in the hall, vocal, vocal dissent. They voted to make masks mandatory. I don't know what to do. 
I was going to run to the store to pick something up because I didn't want to buy it online. And now they're forcing me to buy it online because I don't want to put a mask on. I was at the store. I think I told you guys I was at the store over the weekend. Uh, I took my daughter to the mall and she had to leave because, and I did too, frankly, because of all the masks. They're so, is anybody with me on this? They're so off-putting. They're so, um, it's not even intimidating. They're just really, ew. Anyway, I'm going to sit on uh, Twitter this morning um, just because if you want to tweet me, I might see it. I might, I might be able to sort of do two things at once and pay attention. Um, but you'll have to tweet it at me at the Sam Sorbo at the Sam Sorbo. Uh, when Bubba Wallace learned it leaned into the fake news story before the investigation was over and went on a media tour on the view, etc., He became Jesse Smollett part two. This is according to Tim Young. And then it says, it's hard for me and many others uh, to believe this wasn't done simply to self-promote. It's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's move on. Uh, that's enough of that, right? We should dump China. That is according to Gordon Chang, who has studied China and been in China, and I've interviewed him. He says China's window of vulnerability is only a few years at most, so this is the time for the world to ask, to act, <laughs> to act. The Ministry of Industry and Information Technology talks about the country committing $1.4 trillion in the next five years. Not if we starve them of cash, guys. Stop buying Chinese, please. Oh, that rhymes. You know what? Maybe... That's what I'll put on my mask. Stop buying Chinese, please. What do you think? I actually like that. Uh, Okay, let's see. Uh, China's also working on um, plundering Google, which has various operations in the People's Republic, including its AI China Center in Beijing and partnerships with the country's two leading universities, Peking and Tsinghua. Yet the company has larger plans. So I've been listening to the Bill Whittle podcast, which is called The Cold War, What We Saw, which is absolutely brilliant. If you haven't listened to it, um, I really highly recommend it. It's very cool. Great history. Uh, great theater for the mind. Um, uh, he just, Bill does a fantastic job. He wrote the whole thing himself. It's just amazing. And he talked about Nixon opening up China. Now, I personally think that that was a huge mistake, but I had not considered all the different facets of Nixon opening up China. And this morning, I got to the episode where Bill explains it in completely different terms. And I thought I should share that with you guys. The reason that Nixon opened up China was because China and Russia were the two communist superpowers. And it was two against one. Or basically, one against a monolith. And so by um, furthering rapprochement with China, 
Nixon divided the two communist superpowers. That I support. Unfortunately, and actually the way Bill, uh, the way that Bill um, sort of frames it is, we actually had an opportunity there to end, basically end the Cold War. We, we had the SALT talks, etc. But Watergate just derailed everything. Wasn't his time. Wasn't our time. Uh, so, okay. Uh, China's working on plundering Google. Google has refused to work with the Defense Department has refused to work with our Defense Department on artificial intelligence. But instead, Google is helping the Chinese military in artificial intelligence. Are you kidding me? The United States has to absolutely prohibit Google and other tech firms from doing business in China or with Chinese firms. That's according to Brandon Weichert. China's market is losing its attractiveness, and that's just nothing but good news. Their economy is in distress, suffering from both the coronavirus epidemic and systemic weaknesses such as excessive indebtedness, smothering state controls, xenophobic hostility to foreign investment. And so Gordon Chang argues now is the time to shut down Beijing's massive state-directed and government-funded effort to dominate the world's technologies. I just heard from somebody who um, who apparently has traveled to China quite a lot because he does a lot of business in China. <laughs> no judgment, I'm just saying. And his report is their death toll is in the millions. They're just cremating bodies. Um, forgive me for the phrase, hand over foot. They're... Apparently, and and they've been hiding that, which is odd. Now, here in the United States, we're reacting on fear based on rising numbers. But rising numbers, how could you not expect rising numbers when you're testing more? I think we test more than almost every other nation or something like that. So, um, I don't know, guys. Uh, I'll take any advice you want to give me. You can tweet me at the Sam Sorbo. The Sam Sorbo. All right, moving on. Um, so Kimmel, we talked about Kimmel yesterday. He apologized, right? He also said, hey, I'm taking the summer off, but that, that's been planned, and I'm taking next summer off too, and the the summer after that I have plans to take off. Which is interesting, right? Because, you know, methinks he doth protest too much and all that. Um, on Tuesday, James Woods lit into him. So Kimmel commenced his apology by writing, I have long been reluctant to address this, as I knew doing so would be celebrated as a victory by those who equate apologies with weakness and cheer for leaders who use prejudice to divide us. Uh, later he continued i know that this will not be the last i hear of this and that it will be used again to try to quiet me i love this country too much to allow that i won't be bullied into silence by those who feign outrage to advance 
their oppressive and genuinely racist agendas. And so Woods fired back on Twitter. He quoted him, the first part of the quote, and then he said, so another leftist essentially uses his, quote, apology, end quote, as an attack on others. Just own it, you unabashed racist. Clever. And 30 Rock, did you ever watch the show 30 Rock? Well, 30 Rock apparently had put people in blackface, had characters in blackface. There's... And and I'm looking at this going, that's weird. I don't recall ever seeing that episode. And now it's too late because they've pulled it. Um, and and um, Liz, person, what's her name? Liz something. <laughs> nope, sorry. It's Liz on the show, Tina Fey. So I'll, I'll be honest, I enjoyed that show. She apologized. But I think she's going to skate, Maybe. Uh, there's a classic episode, which I never saw, frankly. Tracy Jordan, who is played by the black comedian Tracy Morgan, decides to dress as a white woman to prove Jenna Maroney, who is played by a white actress, Jane Krakowski, that being a woman is easier than being black. And so Maroney dresses up as a black man. And hilarity ensues. Interesting, right? The the PC police got to Universal and Universal decided to pull the episode along with three others in which there is blackface or other things that are now deemed offensive. Pretty soon there will be not. Hey, listen, guys. I find most of what's coming out of TV, uh, TV and, and Netflix and whatever, I find it offensive. Can we pull all of that stuff too? Let's just go in and become Puritans. Let's just cleanse everything, shall we? What's amazing to me is that the photo that they're choosing to show is not blackface. It's Tracy Jordan and Jenna Maroney dressed up as Nazis, complete with the little black mustache and the Nazi armband. There's no mistaking that they're dressed up as Nazis. I find that offensive. But let's face it, I find everything offensive. Everything offends me. Actually, that's not true. You know why? Because I don't have time. <laughs> so there's a great meme going around. It's Joe Biden. It's um on a black he's on a black background, so he's just sort of out there, but not no no context, right? And he's lit from the side and he's wearing a dark suit and he's got his hand up to his forehead. He's looking down, frowning a little bit, like thinking, like really thinking. And the caption is, who is this aunt Tifa? I wonder what she smells like. That made me smile. (laughs) I had to share that with you. All right, let's talk about the Jonestowning of America. If I can find this here, where is it? Here's what's amazing. David Patrick Underwood was an African-American federal protective service officer. He was shot and killed at the Ronald V. Dellums building 
during the radical riots in Oakland, California. The building was named after Congressman Dellums. It's burdened with its own weight of historical complicity in leftist atrocities. Congressman Dellums once wrote, Let me commend your pastor, Jim Jones, for the dedication he is showing to his community and surrounding areas. Congressman Dellum, oh, sorry, and also for the impact he makes on members of his own congregation. Jim Jones was such a good guy, right? You know who I'm talking about, don't you? At Oakland's Evergreen Cemetery, some distance from the riots, a plaque over a mass grave reads, In memory of the victims of the Jonestown tragedy. The names on the plaque include that of Jim Jones. Now, Jones called cops pigs. He posed with Huey Newton of the Black Panthers. He told his mostly black followers to die horrifyingly of cyanide poisoning to resist the racism of the United States of America. He was a white leftist claiming to uphold the value of black lives killed and he killed hundreds of black people. Because when they say black lives matter, they don't actually clarify how. How they matter. Sometimes they might mean black votes matter. Sometimes they might mean black babies dying is important. I mean, let's face it, the preponderance of Planned Parenthood victims are black babies and black mothers. This is, um, this is off of a Daniel Greenfield article called The Jonestowning of America. Radicals call for a reckoning with America's history, but they have not. They have not yet reckoned with their own history that played out much more recently than 1619. Of course, he's referring to the 1619 project whereby they will be teaching young people in high school all about how racist the United States is and why we should self-destruct, which is, in fact, what we're witnessing right now. Now, let me put this into perspective, folks. We've been through this before. It's nothing new. It does seem like it's worse than it ever was before, but, I mean, I didn't live through the other times. We had Woodrow Wilson in the White House. He was a full-on commie. It's bad, but it's not that bad. And it won't be that bad if we stand up to be counted. My understanding is that uh, the mandate that they just put in comes uh, for people to wear masks here, comes only with citations. What happens with a citation? My fear is really more of the mob than of the police. They've said, we won't arrest you. Okay, so why, why do this? Why not just issue a strong admonition? <laughs> a strong recommendation? Why? Because they love the mandate, I guess. 
So Daniel Greenfield is arguing that Jonestown is much more relevant to what's going on in America now than the current, uh, you know, the revisionist history that they're trying to put through of, um, of Jamestown embraced, which is being embraced by the radicals. There's no more obvious barometer for the lost reckoning than that plaque listing Jim Jones as one of the victims of the tragedy. That's like having a plaque. Well, okay, this is a terrible, uh, no, I'm not even going to. That's like having a plaque to the 6 million victims of Cambodia killing fields and putting Pol Pot on it because he also died eventually. You see what I'm saying? He caused their deaths. Why is he sharing a plaque with them? Calling the socialist massacre a tragedy suggests that Jonestown, like the USSR, was a noble cause that failed. And they have to do that because they so believe in the cause. There's no, re- there's no reason for them to believe in the cause. They just want to. There's really no reason for Bubba Wallace to believe that the noose means anything. He just wants to. He's never seen anything like it. Proving that systemically it doesn't exist. But he thinks that for some reason the existence of one thing that he finds offensive proves systemically that this nation is racist. And anybody, by the way, anybody who dares disagree with him is just furthering their own narrative. (laughs) Not that he has his own narrative that are two combating narratives. No, he has the truth and they don't. They're just furthering their own narrative. So let's change gears for just a minute because uh, it's enough with the revisionist history. We're going to move over to talk about the great socialist and communist plan to defeat Donald Trump with my friend Richard Manning, who is the president of Americans for Limited Government. He's actually worked directly with President Trump on trade issues during Trump's run for office, and he also serves uh, on the Trump transition team in the Labor Department. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you doing, Sam? You know, it's a good day because I'm here. I woke up. Actually, the sun's shining. I really can't complain. Um, But I will because that's what radio is. It's just one (laughs) long complaint. So I talked earlier uh, on the show about uh, communism and China and the idea. I don't know if you saw Gordon Chang had an article in um, Gatestone that talked about how we really need to decouple Conscious decoupling, I think Gwyneth Paltrow would call it, from China. Stop sending them money. And also that the, that the government, that Trump's government really ought to ban business exchanges uh, that Google is having with China. Because Google is helping China's artificial intelligence development and specifically not helping our Defense Department's artificial intelligence development. Yeah, Google's a challenge. It's a uh, the the fact is that um, well, let's let's go to first principles. 
China has declared war against us. Okay, let's let's just be clear. They have declared war against us. They're attacking our currency on the international market, trying to get the yuan, their currency, to become the effectively replace the dollar in terms of the purchase of oil around the world. Um, so they're they're attacking our ability to be the world reserve currency. Rick, they can are, I can I just break in yes. for just a minute because you're sure. you're making great points, but they have not actually declared. So let's say they are waging war. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. They are waging war. I, there are some books that have been written that that lay out their game plan for creating war against us without having to actually declare war. Right. Because the and you're correct in that in that distinction. So much easier. Because because <laughs> well yes because it is so much easier because you can pretend on one hand oh we're your friend and right. you can get the benefits of the relationship while in the while gutting the United States of America through the actions you take from those benefits. And that's why, and that's why the pressure is on right now. The pressure is on right now because we're in election year. And there's only been one politician in the last 30 years who's been willing to stand up to China um, since ever since Nixon went to, uh, went to Beijing. So I've been one politician has been willing to stand up to China and say, no, and that's been Donald Trump. And so this election, 2020, becomes is the is a is a fulcrum election for China Chinese relationships, and they view it as an opportunity to basically turn back the clock and reverse the the damage that Donald Trump's done to China in terms of trying to stop their aggression against us. So we are in a we are in a in a revolutionary cycle. Marxism is is uh, on the move, and uh, Marxism hates capitalism. Um, in the book I wrote with Star Parker, we have a chapter called uh, Marxies Mar- Against Cappies. And it's basically this battle that exists in terms of the Mar- Marxists hate capitalism. And yet our capitalists do sell the rope to hang themselves with. And that a, con- a company like Walmart will have their supply chains straight, straight from China. And they, wa- they really, really, really don't want to move the supply chains because it costs money. And so they'll lobby against tariffs against China that are in our national interest, but in fact are, but are not in Walmart's interest. And so we, and China encourages them to do so. They actually called the leaders of companies that have international companies in the United States with significant interest in China and talked to them and said, you have to, you know, we need you to join us in opposing these tariffs. So, they actually use our own multinational corporations who have lobbyists on K Street to lobby for Chinese interests uh, where they align, where they're able to make an argument that they align that with they China. Align. Yeah, exactly. And and unfortunately, there are so many uh, touch points that do align. So, yeah, they're, well, yes. And that's why the decoupling, what Gordon Chang talked, this now we can go to the Gordon Chang part, the decoupling becomes very, very significant because. What China is, once again, deriving the benefits of the relationship while using while using those benefits to a target and attack the United States um, in a variety of different ways. One of the one of the great examples is Google, which is assisting China with facial recognition software and, and other AI, which will be used, which is actually used in, in, in attacking the United States. Um, both the mentality of our culture and the and and effectively developing the weaponry to defeat our military. So uh, Google, uh, presumably a U.S. company, is actually 
supplying the, Chi the Chinese Communist Party with their knowledge for a price, and, is, and they won't do the same for the Pentagon. And I don't know about you, but I suspect that the first person, per people they get rid of, um, if, they, if the, uh, the bad guys uh, win this, uh, this struggle, will be the intellectual elites who can, who can defeat them. Which, which so, struggle? The, the election? This, no, well, the struggle that we have in terms of our society and culture. So who's going to get rid we, of them? Who's, well, the people will get rid of them will be the the people who want to tear down statues today. Yeah, will will go will be the first ones to enter Silicon Valley and take out the the people who can, in fact, um, influence culture away from the the place they want it to go. So they are they will be the first ones to to go and attack those Silicon Valley companies, well, and they want they want to attack them with they'll attack them the same way they're attacking statues. And what Google and Facebook are beginning to realize is that many of those people exist within their own walls and have been nurtured within their own walls. And it's a and so they're going to find a very scary environment. Unfortunately, the environment we'll be in when that occurs will be one that's unrecognizable to anybody who's familiar with America today. Well, that's very dire. Come on. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 okay. One thing I, I one thing I try to do is tell the truth, but. The, let me give you. Let me give yeah, you hope. Throw, and, throw a little honey and sugar on that. I will. I, I will. And let me. <laughs> let me. Let me give you. Let me give you some hope. Okay. The fact is, most Americans don't agree with what's going on in the streets in America. Most Americans are saying, or even want to have the military called out to put it down. Most Americans are saying, you know, we are, you know, we're compassionate people, but China goes too far and we're not. And they're actually saying they will that they'll pay more money for products made outside of China than China if they can find them. So there is a so in America today, there remains the the essence, the DNA of America, that freedom matters and that pro, and the rule of law matters. So those basic concepts have not broken down. People agree with it. The challenge is when pollsters ask the question, they'll say all those things, and then they'll say, well, Donald Trump's at 41% approval rating, because the thing they won't say because of the cancel culture is, I support Donald Trump because they don't know the person on the other side of the line, and they don't know if they'll, they'll end up getting fired at work because somebody, some social justice warrior goes off and attacks them for it. So the good news is on the issues, America is right where they should be in terms of supporting, ending the anarchy rule of law and creating and, and free markets. The interesting part will be whether or not when they pull the curtain in November, if they vote that way. Well, I, okay. I've given up on polls because obviously polls are stupid. Uh, they've right. been, they've been wrong so many times. It's like, why would I ever look at a poll um, again, frankly? And, and I, and I think that you're correct in this idea that people generally still support capitalism. And I would say that seeing the violence in the street is, is working on Trump's behalf. In fact, uh, yesterday, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted. Did you see her tweet? No. Oh, she tweeted, guys, uh, governors need to hold on. I've got it right here. It's vital that governors maintain restrictions on businesses until after the November elections, because economic recovery will help Trump be reelected. Hey, a few business closures or job losses is a small price to pay to be free from his presidency. 
Hashtag keep us close. Now, she deleted it, but not before it was shared over 20,000 times. Right. The, and I'm hoping her, her, that people will see that and say, she's talking about my job. Yes, and, that's and, exactly and right. sure, her job isn't at risk. I think, honestly, well, I think people who are for the shutdown, I think politicians who support the shutdown should lose their pay. It's fine. You support the shutdown. You don't get paid anymore. Let's put you on, let's say, let's say their pay gets diminished down to $1,200 a month or whatever the, the stimulus thingy was that they sent out, right? Let's do that to the politicians who still support the shutdown because they're not suffering and the rest of us are. I, I've been of the opinion, Sam, that the reason that the uh, draconian shutdown exists in the first place was because the only people who were exempt were the public employees. Um, and when the public employees aren't feeling the pain, when all their neighbors aren't feeling the pain because they all live in the same. You know, here in the Washington, D.C. area, as you know, a lot of public employees and they're and their own they're their own echo chamber. And they don't hear from the restaurants and everybody else who are going out of business. They hear about each other and they're all doing fine. So as long as public employees are doing fine, they don't care about the rest of us because they're their own, well, their own universe. Yeah, they're and, sad about the little people who, who don't no, have enough to eat. They no, are sad no, about that. No, I, I, I didn't experience them being sad. Truth oh, really? Oh, my God. experience with them was, was different. My experience was, well, some people have to lose a few dollars right. um, in order to protect the entire world but from this uh, virus. We're talking about a mom trying exactly. to feed her kids, and yeah, she, well, and she cleans houses for a living. And the people who have the houses won't have her in their houses because of COVID and because right. of all the, the, the draconian. We're talking about the nail tech, okay? Who's not allowed right. to, the, the hairdresser, who's not allowed to, not to mention, exactly right. you know, exactly the right. hair. That is, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that the too. way people look but these the, days. Yeah. But, you know, well, the, the looks, we're, we're all getting a view of how we actually look <laughs> as opposed to how we want people to think we look. But the, but the, uh, does it, no, they, the answer is they, they are, in fact, um, people who are, completely and totally believe that they are right, that they are, and that sacrifice needs to be made. And this is a trial run for the Green New Deal um, because, you know, if you can shut down businesses over over a virus in some projection that turns out to be like 100, 5,000% wrong, if you can shut it down over a projection, then you certainly can shut down the uh, businesses and, and the economy over uh, something that's going to destroy all of humanity within just 10 years or nine years or eight years, however long they say we have left now. Um, and so given that, just look, you just have to look at it in those perspectives that um, they, they view government as a weapon to achieve their change. We view government as something that's a necessary evil to make certain that people all drive on the right side of the road and that we follow basic rules of law. And so they went. So they went. That's funny. They went. Nice government. I'm going to break in. Yes. That is not what government can do. Nobody can make you obey the law. The only thing that can make you obey the law is a sense of morality. And that's what we're losing. And so we. Oh, have, I agree with that. Right. So we have people on both sides who think that they are so important when it's it's right down the middle that we're being gutted. And what we're seeing in the streets today is people who have no sense of morality. Well, uh, let me put it this way. They have their own morality 
And their morality is survival of the fittest, which is, of course, what we've been teaching them in schools. Their morality is I'm going to get what's coming to me because I've been gypped by a system. Notice that now we're talking about systemic racism. It's the system, man, and the system is out to get you. And so you go while the getting's good and get the stuff that you want. I mean, looters were actually on a train just offloading one of the boxcars on the train of its electronics. Well, you see, if you if the system is bad, then you delegitimize everything about That's the right. system. You delegitimize the any ownership in the system, and and what they effectively are doing with their standard line of, um, you know, people are worth more than property. Um, they're saying except that except when they can pro- steal the property, except when they can steal the property. But it means essentially what it means is what's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine. And That's if I've true. got the if I've got That's the power, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I've got the power, and you know, as Mal said, all power comes from the end of a gun. If if I've got the power, I'm going to use it. And the systemic racism is a justification that says when you had the power, you used it. That is what the, that is their that is how they are justifying a yes. essentially the destruction of a of our system of opportunity. A society that allows for opportunity rather than caste systems, they've effectively tried to impose a caste system on our society that doesn't exist. And in doing so, they justify the the taking from the supposed beneficiaries of the caste system, whites um, in this instance, and and taking from them because it was all illegitimately gained because the system was was gamed against them. Right. That's what they've done. That's a psychological game they've played. It's very sophisticated. It takes generations to do. What, what and you, unfortunately, we've allowed them to have generations of uh, input into our children through the schools. Right. What, I want to highlight the, uh, the first thing that you said, because it really was quite brilliant, is that the, the call for the call about systemic racism is a justification based on the assumption that when you had the power, you did it to me. Now I have the power and I'm going to do it to you. And to that, Kamala Harris, now I have this, okay, this came in an email from somebody who I who I vaguely trust. Uh, apparently in June 18th of this year, so just recently, Kamala Harris said this. Now, I haven't fact-checked this, I probably should, but I'll just say it. And when Trump, once Trump's gone and we have regained our rightful place in the White House, look out if you supported him and endorsed his actions because we'll be coming for you next. You will feel the vengeance of a nation. No stone will be left unturned as we seek you out in every corner of this great nation, for it is you who have betrayed us. It, whether she said it or not, it's not. It, it is exactly what the cancel culture does. Okay, so it's a so we don't have to speculate. We see what's happening to the mother of a of a police officer who's accused of um, who's accused in Atlanta, where his stepmom gets fired from her job at a, at a mortgage company, a job that she'd held for fifteen years and had been given had been uh, progressively. Um, uh, promoted, but because she was the mother of the officer, it made people uncomfortable, and they and she had to be fired. That's the cancel culture. Wow. The cancel culture is wow. uh, the cancel culture is when a pro- we have professors who are actually trying to teach on campuses. Guy at UCLA was trying, which I went to USC, so I always take a shot at UCLA. Um, <laughs> but 
a, a, a guy at UCLA who didn't cancel a class. No, it was uh, a final test. on Juneteenth. It, yeah, yeah it was on a, Juneteenth. Right. And, and so he's now under fire because he was insensitive. But, you know, it's like all in all, he's just trying to teach his class. It okay? was an online class, up. too. Yeah. So he never sees so. the students in person. So right. uh, so certain students asked him to cancel because they wanted to June 19th, whatever, and or June Juneteenth, June whatever. And um yeah. and uh, and he said no because if I cancel for you I have to cancel for everybody or you know basically it's like the fairness doctrine uh, the fairness doctrine do, no longer applies you see well, and that's yeah, how the left starts eating itself so Jimmy Kimmel is about to be canceled Tina Fey Thirty Rock they just removed uh, some of the episodes of Thirty Rock we'll see if any of the others will now undergo under undergo and survive scrutiny. They're, they are actively like canceling humor, like no jokes, which is right because you can't make jokes because everything is offensive. Well, that's a, yeah, that, that's, that's accurate. The only people who you can make jokes of now are fat people. Fat people are the only people who, people are obese because they deserve it because they what? should do it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this. No, you that's can't. That's what they say. No, no. They, no. Really? Oh, no. Fat people, no, absolutely not. Wow. No, it's and a they, medical condition and, and well, this and that and the other go. thing. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I have, no, I've, no, there is I one thought that group. was the one, the one place that you could pick on. Nope, there is one White group. Males, dads. Trump supporters. Trump supporters. And I would argue dads, okay? Dads, There's a, yep. Because, you know, we just, just take one of the most woke shows that ever existed, Modern Family, Okay. And I've watched it on occasion. It's mildly amusing, but the but the father guy, Phil or whatever his name is, yes, that guy's a complete blithering idiot. Yes, okay, he's you know every every dad in every sitcom is the idiot. And, and so we've gone from from you know father knows best from Ozzy and Harriet yeah. to every dad is a blithering idiot. Why? Because in the feminist culture, the the entire message is a woman. Without a man is like a fish without a bicycle, and it is <laughs> yes. that is their, that is their message. Yes, and that is their message. And it, so you have to show the man is not being an integral part of the family unit and not being the leader of the family in order to break the family unit apart. And that is a and so they do that and they do it in they do it in the entertainment and they do it in the, in writing and they do it in in culture as a whole. And what we've seen is the destruction of, of the black family as a result of that. And we're seeing the destruction of the family, of the nuclear family in the white community as well, because when dad doesn't matter, dad then, the male, says, well, I really don't have to do the things that a dad's supposed to do, that a father's supposed to do in a household, because I don't matter. So they blow off. The woman says, I can do all this stuff all by myself. I don't need you, which isn't true. And the children then suffer because they don't grow up in a, with a balanced uh, view of life where they have male and female leadership so they can, find, so they can grow into a, an adult who is well-adjusted. And that is what we – and so that was – but that's their absolute goal. I say there, the, the, the left's goal is destruction of the nuclear family had to occur in order for the rest of the pillars to fall. 
And they have, uh, so they've gone after it for a long time. And as a result, we are where we are. And unless we, unless we figure out how to do entertainment and to that attacks this essential, the essential being of the father in the household of dad. Um, and so we can reestablish in our, in our families, in our psyche that a two parent household matters and a, and a father and a mother matter when, until we can do that. We're we're going to be uh, uh, we're going to be operating in in a world that is uh, completely unfamiliar in the Western in Western civilization, and that is a feminized world that um, that we don't know what it turns into. But I've no. got pretty good, I've got a pretty good idea. <laughs> That's a tough one. I will say this: there's there's one further further in sort of a further component to the destruction of the father. Uh, and it's the destruction of the father. Yeah. The, the, the father God who gave us our morals and taught us how we should uh, behave to one, each, uh, one another. Love, love God and love your neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we destroy that, then there is no morality. It, it devolves into, uh, I should say, I, I, I say there's no morality, but there is. The morality becomes, to each his own, survival of the fittest, and therefore, oh, that, that's I, that's exactly right. All things are permissible, right? This is where we are. All things are permissible when, in fact, the old way was really the best way. And yeah, some people failed at it, but that doesn't mean that the old way was wrong. It just means that people are flawed and they fail at things despite best efforts, right? So I'm the product of divorce. I'm the product of divorce again. How many divorces? Three, uh, right? But I managed to get it right because I picked this guy and he's amazing. So, you know, you can, you can, you can still recover if you understand sort of what's at stake. But now we're teaching young people there's nothing at stake. YOLO, baby, you only live once. Just. And, yeah. and the irony, Sam, is if anybody actually studied. Um, like Greek philosophy or anything like that, if that was at all familiar, even read the Bible for that matter, um, they would discover that this idea of kind of uh, you, you only live once is not new. You know, Plato's Republic yeah. talks about when there's something called Thrasymachus Challenge. I won't go into it. But essentially, it's imagine there's no God. And if there's no God, why would anybody be moral? Is morality merely a construct of fear of God, or is morality something that you should do on your own? And Thrasymachus makes the argument that there should not be that that ultimately, without God, the the rationale for morality where you only live once, the only rational thing to do is to take what you can now, take what and do whatever you need to do now, because it doesn't matter in the long term. Mm. We're all, we all have expiration dates, and I'm right. short about 50 pages. I'm shorting it down. We all have expiration dates, and you might as well live every – do everything you want to do because there's absolutely no reason to to actually participate in society and civilization. Because there are no consequences. Other, there, there are no, are no, no, no eventual consequences. So you only deal and, with the here and now. What a horrible way to go and, through life. Right. And, and Plato's Republic spends, Plato Socrates spends the rest of his time in that book trying to set up a, a, a reason for it. And he fails. And the truth is Socrates loses the argument, Plato's Republic and all the philosophers from, you know, philosophy majors all talk about how, you know, set up the philosopher Kings, all that junk. Bottom line is he fails. 
because the underlying premise was wrong. Right. The un- underlying premise was there's no God. And because because Thrasymachus is right. There's no incentive. If you do, if you're godless, there's no incentive to do anything that's moral. It, 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 we are all in it for ourselves. Survival of the fittest is the is where we're at. But with a God, with God and a loving God, as we believe, as as I believe, as a Christian, um, who sent His Son to die, who died for us, we are set an example where we are not just survival of the fittest. We are supposed to serve one another. We are supposed to love one another. We're supposed to, and I don't mean serve one another to our own disadvantage per se, or have the government force it. Help your fellow man. Right. Treat them as if you would want to be treated. Golden rule. That it's golden just, rule. And, right. And, and we all, simple. and Rick, we all live this. We all, most of us live this way without, well, maybe not without God, but many people live this way without God. But the reason that they do is because they inherited it. And so they were taught these mores. And if you delve into it with them, they don't know why. They just know that it's right. They go, well, it's just right. But the problem is that in schools today, we're not teaching kids right. We're teaching them survival of the fittest, which is wrong. We're actually teaching them that. And then we're saying, but don't bully, which is absurd because that what is survival of the fittest? It's bullying. We're literally teaching them one thing and then telling them not. We're running out of time. And I want to leave this on a high note uh, because we're talking. We're going to talk quickly about the election. How do how does Trump defeat this uh, socialist communist plan? Americans who believe that America is worth fighting for um, need to stand up and say America is worth fighting for. They and I don't mean going out and beating up people in the streets who are tearing down statues. I mean. Do the things you need to do. Make sure that the that your neighbors know. Make sure that people who who agree with you, who say, "Oh, this system's not worth fighting for," you need to go to them and get them to say, "Yes, it is," and get them to register and get them to vote. We have to make certain that in this election cycle, and and everybody says this every four years, it's the most important one in history. This is actually a choice between the what we're seeing on the streets and tearing down statues. And whether or not we're going to have and whether or not America's going to survive as we see it, as we view it, I don't know what happens four years from now. I know right now we have this time of choosing and this time of choosing is we and I don't normally endorse candidates, but I will tell you, Donald Trump is the only person standing in the way of these people. And if we do not support Donald Trump, then we have effectively allowed the rabble, the, the, the anarchists to drive our society into the dustbin of history. That would be a disaster for the world. It has sent us into a dark age for a long time. We cannot afford to have that happen. We have to stand up for Donald Trump. We have to fight back. You know, it's actually, you put that very well. Donald Trump is the only, really the only one. There are a couple others, Jim Jordan, maybe, uh, 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 Rand Paul a little bit. Like there are a couple others who are willing to sort of step out of their, their, you know, so-called comfort zone. But really, he's he takes the brunt of it because he's bringing the fight mm-hmm. to the to the communists. Really, th- I mean, this is what it boils down to, right? We have pro-China; those are the rabble rousers. And by the way, if you think that China's not going to interfere in our elections, you got another they thing coming. Rick they Manning. Rick Manning, uh, I want to thank you so much. He's the president of Americans for Limited Government. Quickly, give out your um, website. GetLiberty.org, G-E-T-L-I-B-E-R-T-Y.org. All right, and here comes the music. Thank you so much for coming on the Sam Sorbo Show. Really appreciate you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Tomorrow's another day, but hey, you still have the rest of today, so go out there and enjoy. 
the rest of your day and make a difference.